Hey, what's up? It's the Drive with Sam Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5, Derek Piper, Lante. We got a nice little streak going, Lon. Ah, I no, do. Actually, never mind. You do. I forgot that I missed Friday's show. I was going to say, oh, we've done a lot of shows together recently. Yeah. Kind of got reintroduced um, to each other before you get nitty-gritty in basketball and then have a baby. So I, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Kyle's uh, going to be thrown right back into the pan. <laughs> it's like, welcome back, Kyle. Is that next week? Uh-huh. Yeah. So he's not going to make the trip for the Michigan State game? He's not going to be in attendance? I know. I thought the same thing. I figured he'd come down maybe for that. So but... if Illinois loses, Ooh. we can note the lack of a student presence and not the student section, one in particular yep. student. And um, led by Kyle Tosk. Yeah. One Kyle Tosk. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree. I Today, it was kind of funny. I, was, I just told you I had a really good day at work. I was just busy, you know, getting stuff done. And uh, it's always kind of like that at the start of the year. So... I said, man, I really could use a day where I just work all day, you know? And then I said, but I just know that if I approach Kyle right off the bat and be like, hey, so you're back Monday, right? So I'm going to take that day off. He'll be like, really? <laughs> I'm sure he's expecting it, though. Yeah, he's expecting it, yeah. I, I like going back to the office at night, though. I get a lot of stuff done. You know, phones aren't ringing. You can uh, kind of get some stuff taken care of. So I can relate to that. I do a lot of oh, late I'm night sure. writing. I'm sure. And then you leave the office at like 10 o'clock, and it's like, why am I at the office at 10 o'clock? Yeah. But it does help for the next day. You know, it kind of clears. I'm one of those. I don't know why. Like, I don't, I don't get anxiety. I don't stress that much about things. But it's just it's nice when you can just know the next day, like every, a lot of stuff is done, and you're lined up ready to go. And, as opposed to it's just still sitting there ready to get done. And you, you go to bed and you're like, oh, you wake up at three and you're like, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to make sure I do that. You know, it's just like, ah, but there's a lot of people that deal with that on a daily basis. Some a lot worse than mine. So I, I don't complain. I'll put it that way. There you have it. ESPN leading into this show. Oh boy. Was all about getting rid of Justin Fields. I hate it. Stop. <laughs> make it Stop. <laughs> There was news today as far as the Chicago Bears. We're going to have yes. our buddy Aaron Lemming on, the Bear Report, 405, and then we'll talk some Illinois-Michigan State, which we will do in the meantime as well. But uh, Stephen Brooks for the Michigan State side on 24-7. Sweet. Spartan Tailgate will join us at 430 to give his perspective on the Spartans. Coming off a big loss in Evanston over the weekend and, and MSU trying to bounce back. It's always a battle when Illinois and Michigan State get together. Uh, on that note, we'll – have Brad Underwood as well. Uh, he met, met with the media earlier today. We'll play some of that. But to circle back to what you just said, the news on the Bears front is that Luke Getze, offensive coordinator, is gone. See ya. Bye. Worst kept secret ever, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you, never, want- you never know with the Bears. Well, right. You really don't. <laughs> right. And that's the, that's the scary part. But uh, they finally said, Enough! <laughs> oh, I've got a... I've got a stat for you, by the way. Do you? Yeah. So, this came out today. Two Bears offensive coordinators have lasted more than – did you see this? I saw that, yep. Two coordinators offense have lasted more than two seasons in the last 25 years. For the Bears, yeah. Ron Turner Mm -hmm. from 05 to 09 and John Shoup. Remember him well. From 01 to 03. Yep. The next hire will be the 13th offensive coordinator in 26 seasons. Oh, boy. Wow. Mm-hmm. And that's hard because, again, I didn't play football, So, and not only on top of that, I obviously didn't play, so I wasn't a quarterback. 
But I would assume there is a, like next year, I have a feeling that Barry Lunny and Luke Altmyer are going to know each other even better. Yeah. Right? So if it comes down to a big third down in game six, then Lunny is going to sit there and just by instinct maybe say, I know what Luke wants to do right here. And Luke might even say, I know what I want to do, and they might be on the same page. But if you keep switching offensive coordinators or quarterbacks, Mm -hmm. then you can never really get that on the same page, if you will. I don't, I I should ask, I should ask, should ask Luke that question. Like, how important is that? I would assume it's pretty stinking important. Yeah, that relationship is very key, the familiarity with the system. Uh, It adds another challenge when, other quarterbacks in the league are going into a training camp and they're not having to learn right. a new offense, new terminology and whatnot. They're just further settling in or further adding layers to what they're already doing. Now, I don't think that's an excuse to keep the the guy who <laughs> is doing a terrible job. Amen. Luke Getzey deserved to be fired and whoever's going to be quarterback for the Bears is going to be better for it, assuming yeah. they make a good hire uh, or a better hire, which would be hard uh, to do worse, I would say. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that one thing that I've gotten super annoyed with, and I'm not saying it's the only reason or, or that people are, are really clinging on to this as the the do or die with Justin Fields, is that But I, I have never understood the argument that if Justin Fields were to come back, you should bring Luke Getze back to oh, keep, yeah, to I, keep I, that I totally familiarity. Agree. Like, I, oh, okay, totally. you don't want to have Justin Fields in year four learn, learn a new offensive system. I, I want everybody to learn a new offensive system. That system was garbage. <laughs> right. It was terrible. It, not, Get some not just, better players and learn a new system. Not just the system. It was the play calling and the execution of the system. You right. need a new guy in there who has uh, preferably experienced calling plays in the NFL prior to being the OC with the Bears. That did not happen with Luke Getze. So I, I celebrate that one. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that in hand in hand and the fact that you're not you know disagreeing I'm not saying that you were but for anybody that may have that opinion like why would you not want someone that can cater better to Justin Fields in terms of his strengths that was something Luke Getzey was really challenged with Uh, I, I give him credit the middle of last season he did a better job of opening up the quarterback run game. That's how Justin Fields runs for a thousand yards in the season. Incredible. And it, it t- they were stubborn though in getting to that point. And then it seemed like they regressed at the, or- the beginning of this season and said, "Okay, we're going to try to turn you into a pocket passer." And I just think some of the play calls were were very much head scratching and also didn't put Fields in good positions. Whether it was protection, whether it was the route concepts. Now it's not all the the play calling either. It's sure. the personnel. It's the the below average offensive line, and then the fact that outside of DJ Moore, you don't have a whole lot to work with offensively in terms of weaponry. So uh, there are a number of reasons for it. I just, I'm glad that Luke Getzey's gone. Now, when you see that news break today, you know what the other piece of it is. Right. Because if, if the news is Matt Eberflus is gone, then you know everybody's gone, essentially, until said otherwise. If Luke Getzey's coming out and being gone, then I assume that. Matt Eberflus is back, which is the news today that the Bears are retaining Matt Eberflus, who admittedly was able to orchestrate and be part of building a improved defense I agree. from the middle of the year, especially from the Montez Sweat trade and on. That was huge. They got a lot better. They did not finish strong. They were without Jalen Johnson, their top corner. You can at least admit that uh, as one of the reasons why guys were running wide open. Uh, and <laughs> I, don't, I can't explain the 
the fact that Jordan Love didn't get pressured and that they were able to run the ball whenever they wanted. But uh, you're you're keeping continuity in terms of that sense of it. Uh, I do know that the players, and you always got to take what players say with a grain of salt because what are they going to say, in, especially in the middle of a season? Right. Do you think your head coach is good at his job? Do you want your head coach to, <laughs> to stick around? And if you he say sucks, if you say no, especially when you're still trying to. You know, you, you could watch a game on Fox, and you're in you're in the hunt. Although they got rid of that um, by losing to the Browns, you, you don't really want to that derail. Bottom right, yeah, the bottom right the, corner. Oh boy, we the, know it well. That's all we? the Cardinals have ever been known for is yeah, that bottom right where we corner. Be. Still in contention at five and seven. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that there's been talk of you know he he did a good job with the locker room. Yeah. Uh, the culture is better. Yada yada yada. The defense got better, which I'll give him credit for. Mm-hmm. But it. I don't know. It's frustrating at the same time when the Bears blew three huge fourth quarter leads. Yeah. And if you would have just now, if you would have won one of those games and then beat Green Bay, which of course you didn't, you go to the playoffs. If you would have won two or more of those games, forget the Green Bay result, you're going to the playoffs. Right. So that part of it is frustrating. I also don't think he's super. He's not polished in front of the the microphone. No. I'm not saying you need to be. I know, but it does help. It helps perception wise. And now that there's news of. All these other guys getting fired or stepping down. We should mention that. So Mike Vrabel, which we knew of yesterday, is no longer the coach of the Titans. That I just do not understand. It's perplexing, for sure. I mean, they didn't do him a favor ever since they traded A.J. Brown. Right. Then their offense has really yeah. been lacking, and they haven't With been Ryan in. Tannehill yeah, and Tannehill. Will Levis. Right. And, I mean, Will Levis is going to win any – who's got the strongest arms of a quarterback contest. But, no, I just I, – I, yeah, I think Vrabel did a wonderful job uh, at, with Tennessee, and I'm just shocked that they got rid of him. But – Right. And now news of Pete Carroll no longer being the coach in Seattle. Now, it has come out that he might move into a front office role, but that he will not be chomping gum on the sidelines <laughs> any longer. I'm wondering if this isn't – it won't come out that that's more Carroll's decision. Yeah, I, I think it sounds like it's something that maybe both sides were good with. Right, right. I mean, you want to keep his mind in your organization. I mean, Pete Carroll is so good. but They were I, one of the surprise teams in the NFL last year. Yes. To make the playoffs and, and be as competitive as they were when they were thought to be on track to be one of the worst post-Russell Wilson. Right, and Pete, I mean, Pete is an older guy. I mean, so he may be, he may be just tired of the grind – that is a coach on both college and high and uh, well high school too probably but college and NFL level where it seems like you know the old theory that they just sleep in their office essentially because they work all the time but I, I'm sure Pete Carroll I, I have a feeling that might come out to say I tell you what though a guy that would be I think perfect in Chicago would be Mike Vrabel I think he to me I don't know why it may it may just be I just put my and May together. Did you hear that? Like it might, it, it sounds like I'm from the deep South. It, it may be that it's the way he looks. You know, he's a, he's a big dude. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I feel like he could fit the, you know, get like the, the salt and pepper, not full beard, but just, you know, that five o'clock shadow for a good snowy, windy, cold day at soldiers, you know, soldier field. And enjoy those before they go to the dome. Well, right. Well, exactly. And Chicago football goes away. Oh, that's good. That's be. another rant for another time. Yeah. I've already done some of that. I'm telling you, I am going to, that's, uh, 
Did they do? Are they doing it at least like Arizona, where it can open? I think it probably will be retractable. Okay, but you won't open it for a snow game. Well, no, right? Yeah, they won't unless Bears. I would recommend you do it. Yeah, right. I mean, let's go. Anyways, I just feel like Vrabel would be maybe. Maybe it's just that I've always liked him as a coach, but yeah, he's got that gritty, hard nose, blue collar type defensive. I mean, they. I would prefer, and I, I preferred it for the Eberflus hiring cycle, that they went in the offensive direction. Yeah. That your highest paid coaching mind is going to be on the offensive side of the ball, especially when you're trying to groom a 2B franchise quarterback. And you could have the Detroit coach. Dan Campbell. And Vrabel square oh, off yeah, at the 50-yard line and just say, you know, whoever – Whoever loses this fight, the other team gets second half, gets possession. <laughs> you know, something like that. I mean, I think that would be awesome I because that. those two dudes could probably hammer it out. Sure. Who else she got in that division? Who's Minnesota's coach? Uh, Kevin O'Connor. Yeah, he's not getting in that. Uh, what about uh, Green Bay? Now, LaFleur. You could have LaFleur and O'Connor in the undercard. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you could have those guys. Featherweight. Featherweight battle. Yeah. That might be interesting. I mean, those guys. I could see them more like the commentators. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They, they're down. They're right there at, at the forty-yard yeah. line. Like, oh, Vrabel just landed one. <laughs> that would be awesome. Will Vrabel be considered? Like, there's been a lot of speculation. This will be the last year for Bill Belichick. Mm. Would Vrabel go oh, to New England? Would they want him there? That, that makes sense. I mean, he he did his thing at, in New England. So I I hadn't thought of that yet, Derek. So that that might make a lot of sense. And I, maybe Vrabel went to the Titans and said, "Get rid of me because I want to go to New England." But New England hasn't done anything with, Bel- yet, with no, Belichick, right? No. So it's interesting. And normally that happens like this week right. and by now. Yep. So uh, we'll see what happens there. That That's another interesting – I don't mean to jump off the bears here, but that's another oh, that's interesting thing that – I mean, Bill Belichick is arguably the best coach ever, right? I mean, if you look at it. And then, of course, you get into that argument of Brady or Belichick and – Certainly, it doesn't have to be one or the other. It doesn't. You're right. But once Brady left, certainly it has not been the same in New England. That's for sure. But I I don't know. You just you look at that and like I just want to win one Super Bowl in my life. I can't imagine winning like six Mm -hmm. and then sitting here going, "Oh, I want rid of my coach that's that got me six Super Bowls." But it is a win now, and the Patriots have struggled. He's so, also had a lot of control over roster moves has. and drafting, which yeah. has played into the position they're currently in. Maybe he just got – he used to be the guy that just traded like a stud right before they got to that big signing, yep. right? Yep. He would like in that fourth year or something, he would trade off a guy and everybody's like, why is he trading him? But he would get draft collateral and he would normally make it work. Yeah. But I don't know, maybe maybe it's slipped by him. You know, like fantasy football – like I'm literally comparing myself right now in fantasy football to to the greatest maybe coach ever because I can do that in my own mind. But like now in fantasy, I don't win anything because I, I just I don't I don't study as hard. I, I don't I, I don't see the trends like these younger guys that all they do is focus on that and read from you know page one through page three hundred of the fantasy focus fantasy or football focus fantasy you know magazine or whatever. I'm just like I'm not doing that. Just yeah. give me a one page thing of who's available. And I'll make my team from there. So it just might be it, it simply has kind of passed him by a little bit and maybe kind of like Pete Carroll. Maybe Pete Carroll just said, put me up in the upper management and let me do some things. Let me stay close to the organization. But I, I no longer want the coaching on a daily basis, et cetera. But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, maybe Carroll 
part of it, like you were saying, as far as his call, he might just be kind of worn out. I agree. I agree. Totally. And his jaw's got to be just so sore. (laughs) But And, uh, and I always say, you give me that kind of money, and once I reached, you know, if I if I was successful as successful as Pete Carroll, and I reached age seventy in good health, because he looks like he's in good health, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be on an island somewhere. You're never going to see me again. And that, but that's just me, I guess. And these guys, they cannot leave it. Nick Saban can't leave. Tom Izzo can't leave. Yeah. The, and I give them credit. They have their work ethic is thirty eight thousand times more than mine. But I think they crave that. And and I don't know. It, I guess it's like the the athlete that just won't retire, right? They just cannot get away from the everyday, and they don't know what they're going to do now. They're scared to death. So uh, it's it's interesting. It's always interesting to me. Lindy says, and I think and Wade weighed in as well, Pete Carroll to be the next Chargers coach. Mm. Be interesting. Yeah. Staying again, out of the coast. Not, it sounds like, based on reporting, I think it was Adam Schefter that, that had it and probably a number of those different national reporters that they are negotiating and trying to navigate having Pete Carroll go into the front office in Seattle okay. unless there is an, an opening for him to consider other vacancies. Uh, the Chargers job has been linked with Jim Harbaugh, of course. Uh, same with the Raiders job, which is also open as well. Wow. So th- there's a number that will have to be filled here, but I think that's going to be very, very interesting as far as the navigation of – you imagine Mike Vrabel is going to get one of the jobs that's open. Yes. Um, would the Raiders consider keeping Antonio Pierce? I don't know. They huh? they had a better – they had a decent finish, they but maybe the, the shine of that – wore off a little bit would you are you upset like as a Bears fan if if Jim Harbaugh ends up available and wants to go to the NFL has that always been something you've thought about Harbaugh coaching Uh, the Bears or not here and there here and there yeah I always had Pat Fitzgerald as the next like Bears guy like he reminds me of that I could see that but I don't know what's going on with him I don't know. I've been wanting a, a good offensive coach for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe Cliff Wait, Kingsbury. my uh, – <laughs> Don't you wish that on me, Ricky Bobby? <laughs> don't you do um, that to me. <laughs> my top of the wish list is oh, I wanted John Gruden. Like when he was doing Monday yes. Night Football, I was like, when's yes. John Gruden going to come out of the booth and, and go back to football? I always wanted that. Of course, when he went to Vegas, it didn't really work out that no, well. No, a lot and of bad stuff came out about emails him. and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so that didn't work. Which stinks because Gruden would be cool, man. I know. He, he's got a cool factor, and yeah, I don't know. He just and, and he's won. He's he's won. So did he? He won a Super Bowl, didn't he? With Tampa, yeah, yeah with Tampa. So went to one with Oakland. Oh, that's right. And then uh, won one with Tampa. So yeah, I and I always enjoyed Gruden on the air too. Oh, he's great. He, you know, he just had that little face, that face that just get crumpled up, and he'd go at it. That's funny. Maybe we should hire Tony Romo as the OC. That way I don't have to listen ah. to Tony Romo talk about Jordan Love and him being the next Rodgers. Not a bad idea. He's running up and down the sideline <laughs> in his Skechers, just real hyper. What if we went with Jay Cutler as the OC? Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine those post-game interviews? Be great. <laughs> oh, he wouldn't be one of those, like, things are going bad. Let's try to keep, no. keep the spirits. Let's try to, let's try to hold it together. Like, he'd just be... Probably now that he's not a player, actually smoking a cigarette right. on the sideline. He needs to be where he's at right now, and that's out of the public yeah. eye. Well, he was actually one of the many Bears former players that have spoken on the quarterback situation. Oh, have they? And so uh, maybe we could, say? 
We could play that, actually. I'd like to hear that. Yeah, I would. Let's, okay. Let's play it after this this break. It was on Twitter within the last day or two, so I'll find that. We can uh, we can play that. It'd be interesting to hear. Before, Nebra- how about Nebraska? I was going to say, before we Woo! catch a break, what an upset. Storming the floor there at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Blew them out. Yeah, not only just beat Purdue, but really, yeah, it blew them out. Convincingly won that game. Shot the lights out. I think they oh, had, they had 13 or 14 threes. I've got it up right now. They shot 61% from the three-point line. Hit 14 of them. Wow. Shot 51% from the field and 84% from the free-throw line. They were up 11 at half and win 88-72. They outscored Purdue 41-30 in the first half, 47-42 in the second Man. half. So Tomanaga hit Tomanaga some big had, threes. Yep, he had uh, five threes, 19 points to lead the way they had um, rank mast he's good you know he played at bradley is that where he came from yes okay. uh he played 32 minutes had 18 points for them rank mast did 12 for gary who's been pretty solid yeah. he had a bad his last game wasn't very good he got in some foul trouble and then uh you could tell because he was going against fantasy, fantasy. that's the it. only reason i, I know it. that and then cj wilcher off the bench played 20 minutes got him 16 points it's in threes as well three threes so and what did Edie? Edie, 15 points, seven rebounds. So it's fairly had, modest for him. It is. They had 15 out of Edie, 10 out of Smith, 13 out of Lawyer, 10 out of Lance Jones. They shot 42% from the field, which isn't horrible, and they hit 13 threes. Purdue did? Yeah. I, I, Nebraska just won this game. I don't think they were – I mean, I know they shot well, and you said it. But when you look at it, they literally – they made, of course, Nebraska very more, much more efficient. 14 out of 23 from the three-point line. Purdue 13 out of 33. Mm. That's not Purdue's game. I mean, I know it is, but you've got to get Edie. Well, when you give credit to Nebraska, they doubled Edie well. They, okay. And were able to trap the post. And, and late in the game when Purdue was trying to feed him, he got, he got blocked twice within the last couple wow. of minutes. He was frustrated. There was some help su- – Good help side defense uh, to come down and, and block him from behind. So Gary had one of those, uh, and maybe Mass might have had another okay. one. But who's the dude that tore us up? Kaufman. Kaufman Wren. He had zero points. No way. He didn't even shoot. He didn't even attempt the field goal. He did not. He attempted one free throw on the night in 15 minutes and wow. was 0 for one. Five rebounds. I wonder if he wasn't feeling well. He only played 15 minutes, mm. and he had one foul. So it's not like he was in foul trouble. I didn't see the game, so uh, shocking, Peacock. shocking. So I don't know if maybe the flow of the game didn't work for him, or if maybe you know sometimes these guys. I mean, it's it's that season, how much did right? Gillis play? Because that's part of it. Sometimes twenty eight minutes when they play Gillis more, got it. Then they won't play Kaufman Ren as much. He had a good game. He was he had five threes. Gillis did sixteen points. Yeah, I'm probably going against him and don't even know it in this game. I'll be like, really. Gillis, really the one game you're going to come out and <laughs> – Steve says on the U of I line only text line, 19 turnovers. Is Purdue turning over 19 times? Purdue, I have officially 14 turnovers okay, for Purdue. 14. That's according to ESPN. Okay. Uh, nine for Nebraska. Nebraska had 22 assists, nine turnovers. How about that for a uh, assist to turnover line? Yeah, wouldn't it like 22 assists on 29 makes? Yeah, that's, that's it. That's a lot. <laughs> that's pretty efficient. I mean, that's that's really efficient. That Nebraska team can get going. Uh, Wisconsin did a good job on Tomanaga. How do I say Tomanaga. it? Tomanaga. Tomanaga. Um, but he's still got some points. He's He's been – he's all conference guard right now. Yeah. 
the way he's playing. And, I mean, he, he's got a beautiful shot. And in that Wisconsin game, he had to get off. 80% of his shots were off balance, running around a Isn't screen. And, and he was knocking them down. He's got a way of, you know, it's that lefty shot. I know Jay hates the lefty quarterback, but those left-handed shooters always seem to have such a nice touch. And it just seems like at the, at the pinnacle of his leap, when he gets rid of the ball, everything is where it needs to be. Right. So he can be in some crazy, you know, I'm, I, here I go. Well, he I just compared his body. To, yeah. Like Michael Jordan. When you watch him, and again, I'm comparing now Tomanaga to Michael Jordan. Jordan would do 18 different things in the air, but when he released the shot, yep. everything was perfect. Yep. And that's why it went in all the time. He's the best. Yeah, and then you got the high high degree of difficulty shots yeah. from Tominaga as well. They did lose on the road at Wisconsin. Wisconsin, the only unbeaten team in the Big Ten as of now. Shocking. Haven't said that at all through the last 20 years, right? And between Crowell and Wall, they can do some – they can be pests to Purdue, I think, to Edie. Yeah. I think they could be a pest to Edie. So, I think Wisconsin is legit – in terms of this, uh, they've got a good bench, too. The Blackwell kid yep. is good off the bench. Asesian's coming Asesian, off the bench, too. Yep. who has been hurt. Slower start, had an injury early in the season. He hit, I think, three threes maybe against Nebraska, so he's kind of starting to feel it. He was the high school teammate, I believe, of Luke Goody, or they played against each other um, in high school, I think. Is that yeah, they're was? both from the Fort Wayne area. Okay. I think they played against each other. Yep. And, of course, last night, Rutgers beats Indiana as well. Indiana, man. I know they beat Ohio State over the weekend in Bloomington. Yeah. But their offense is so bad. It's, it's not it, Their guard play, they don't have any. None. Like, Trey Galloway is, and Xavier Johnson. Galloway was four for 13 last night. Yeah, Why is he shooting that's bad. 13 times? He did lead him in assists. Khalil Ware had another good game, 13 and 17. But he good was, player. He was held down. The Renault kid went nuts mm. this weekend, and then yep. Ware kind of went nuts. Uh, he's a tall dude. He is. <laughs> what, their best play for Indiana is just throw the ball up by the rim, and he just he jumps about an inch. Like I, I jump as high as Khalil Ware so when long, it comes to man. off the off the floor. Yeah, but he just catches it and dunks it. Just, yep. and it's like okay, well that worked. Right. Let's do that again. <laughs> yeah, R- Rutgers is a place if you're a tournament team. I wouldn't say that it's an auto, it's definitely not an auto win to go to the rack and win. No, but it was nice to get that win early. It's good for Illinois to get one of those, and it should be one of the easier years yeah. to get one there, uh, my, especially in recent memory. Yeah, my dad would always, like, if Illinois picked up a big win early in the year on the road, he would always say that win is one of the biggest wins because maybe only two or three other teams are going to go in there and win. Right. And so if you can pull off that at, like, Rutgers, and, and Illinois just dominated them. Yep. Of course, that was with Terrence. First time we've noted his name today. Nothing new there. Friday at, is it 1230, 230? Uh, 130. 130. <laughs> Friday at 130, could, I, Urbana Courthouse. Well, I was doing Eastern or Pacific uh, yeah, right. time zone. Um, that's, that's a big day. I mean, Friday's going to be a big day it, for Illinois. If they get the restraining order. It'll be interesting if they do uh, weigh in one way or the other on that within the day. Man, that'll be interesting. So, Friday's going to be, yeah. We're both going to be here, too. If he doesn't get, and not to, yeah, we'll be here. I'm going to be 
uh, over at the courthouse, and then oh, okay. so I, I got a busy day on Friday. We'll do the meeting. Oh. I get to meet Jordan Walker. Yeah, I probably get to meet um, some attorneys on uh, <laughs> one thirty there. Jordan Walker, Steve Beckett. Yeah, right, right there. Yeah, I got away that. Steve would love Should that. I pull out the? You can sign the back of the Jordan Walker rookie <laughs> card. No, no. Steve would love it, man. <laughs> Just kidding. And then we'll we'll be here for the show as well. But That's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I think that as far as the temporary restraining order, if it's ruled against, that might be the last I think straw, that is right. Barring some legal resolution coming here on the the more immediate sense, although that January eighteenth court court date will probably be very brief and probably won't have much of a not guilty resolution to it yeah i mean and that's all you'll hear for another yeah. month i mean unless there's some yeah. bombshell evidence that one side has against the other especially that terrence might have in right to prove that he's not guilty if, if he does have it then outside of that this thing is probably not going to get resolved all that quickly i mean to be so incredibly dramatic your chances of a run in March are going to be decided at one thirty at the courthouse. Possibly. Possibly. And I know... And, and to say, like, I think in all likelihood, as far as the, the run, like, the the run to, like, the final four. Well, that's what I mean. I think this team, as it is now, without Shannon, can be a Sweet 16 team. I agree and, with that. And, and a tough out. I agree with that. Trying to get to the Elite Eight. I mean, I could... Illinois is the kind of team that... This year, with that experience, they're the kind of team I can see just taking care of business and getting to the Elite Eight. They could. And just, you know, like, and then maybe running into a buzzsaw like Houston or something. But, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. But Houston he, lost, by the way, last night, too. That. Number one and number two went down, Purdue, so, and then Houston hmm. at Iowa State. Interesting. I didn't catch any of that game, though. I kept, I keep saying I want to watch Houston, and they were on TV last night, yeah. and I was watching Big Ten. I, so. I know being in the top. 10 in the AP poll doesn't do much for you in March, I don't think. I, I, it can't hurt you right? in terms of the, the perception. Me, the metrics help more, like the net and right. everything, but they are aligned. They're top 10 in both. But Illinois has a chance. I know we got to take a break. Illinois has a chance here coming up with these next three games, both at home. The next two are at home with Michigan State and Maryland, and then I think you go to Michigan. Yes. Which you can win that, believe me. And all of a sudden, you know, so if you, you go take, to Michigan and then I think Rutgers comes here. Comes here. I mean, you've got a chance. And then you go to Northwestern, which okay. that won't be easy, but yes. The, the next four games, you got a chance to work your way back up into like eight, seven in the country. Mm -hmm. As long as you take care of business, obviously. But this Michigan State game tomorrow night's it's sneaky going to be a good game, I think. It's a big game. They're playing well. Hogard had a had a pretty good game the other night. He's been struggling a little bit, but he went like 15-8. and eight. You know Walker's going to get his. He had 20-plus again against Northwestern. And I don't but know. Their defense got sliced and diced. Now, Northwestern had a heck of a response after getting toasted here in Champaign by 30 in their very next game. Came out, and they led by double figures the entire second half against Michigan State. We're up by as many as 19. Ty Berry was really good in that game. Ty Berry was great. On my team. Hey, good pick. Fifth pick. Nice. Fifth pick. Tom Izzo, not a happy camper in that postgame. Mentioned maybe having to bring out the football pads again. Oh, here we go. And this is one of those where Illinois better be on high alert. I asked Brad Underwood. This is going to be a segue because uh, we're going to play Brad Underwood on the other side of this break. I asked him, do you take stock? Do you think about – 
you know, what a team's done in their previous game as far as, hey, they just lost and had a a really subpar performance. Their coach calls them out in the post game, like maybe the type of mentality or edge or hunger they might come in with. And in, in short, to shorten version, he said yes. Mm. A longer version, I'll let you hear exactly what he said okay. on the other side of this break. Interesting. Hey, one last stat for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my source is Twitter. Um, Every time Zach Eady has started for Purdue against Illinois, they've won the game and then lost their next regular season Big Ten game. And the loss has always been to an unranked opponent. Huh. Four for four. Wow. That's that's what you get for beating Illinois? Yeah. I mean, that's putting everything you can into the Illini uh, game, so. right? Did you see, real quick, did you see Coleman Hawkins' tweet last night? Oh, gosh, the laughing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I liked that one. <laughs> Coleman is, man. I tell you what. Luke Goody says he's the number one trash talker. Oh, boy. Yeah, I could totally see that. Coleman's Luke Goody the best also social didn't media to, guy. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't want to say who's the guy that's complaining to the refs, talking the ear off. And he's like, Coleman, he's like, yeah, I couldn't hide that. Coleman Hawkins still looking for his first foul yeah. this season. <laughs> that because, he agrees with. That he agrees with, yeah. yeah. Because every other one of them, he's like, what? But, yeah, he. if you haven't seen it, check Coleman's Twitter page. It's uh, – a gif of the Joker laughing, which he tweeted after Purdue fell at Nebraska. <laughs> and it, boy, it riled up Purdue Twitter. Oh, did it really? really, really. It spread around quite a bit Let's through there. Go. I love uh, I, I, I thought, I texted this to my buddies last night. Bold move after you just lost to him. I agree. But I do, th- I appreciate the spiciness of it. Yes. You're now ahead of Purdue, right? I, in the I standings. Like, I like the trolling. I like the, uh, and I'm all for, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of rivalry brewing. Heck yes. Uh, you know, Illinois and, and Purdue, two winningest programs in the Big Ten over the last four years, have had some intense clashes and might be, along with Wisconsin, in the in the mix for that Big Ten title, which became more attainable Big for time. Illinois and Wisconsin uh, as well last night by Purdue losing. So And Minnesota's 3-1. and one. Yeah, explain that one. <laughs> They're 12-3 and three overall. Good for Ben Johnson. You know, Mi- Michigan might, like, Find a way to finish last. Yeah, yeah, they're bad. I mean, at the bottom, you got Michigan and Iowa, Maryland, Michigan State, Rutgers. They're all one and three. How many games has Penn State won? Have they won two? Two. They're two and two. They've Ohio two? State's two and two. Indiana's three and two. I guess Penn, well, Penn, Penn State, State beat Ohio beat, State? Uh, who'd they just beat at the Palestra or whatever? They beat Michigan. Michigan, that's right. Did they beat Ohio State? I don't recall. I, I think that game went to overtime. Maybe they lost to Ohio okay. State. Nebraska, Purdue, Indiana, three and two. Then you got Northwestern, Illinois. They're both two and one. Yeah, Minnes- they beat Ohio State. Okay, Minnesota's three and one, and Wisconsin is three and zero. Oh. Ohio State looks limited offensively. Yeah, unless Thornton just goes crazy on you. So. Yeah, Jamison Battles had a, no, a decent I'm sorry. year. Let me start over there. He's been really like good. He doesn't His miss. efficiency is oh. really, really good this year. Every it helps game. that he's taking probably better shots. I agree, and I think Thornton's setting him up in some good spots. Every game, he's like four for five or five for six from the three-point line. Yep. He's, yeah. He's got like a red beard. Yeah. It's kind of a weird look. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave you with that. If you want to win, you can. 217-359-2255. Thoughts on Jamison Battle's beard and anything else. <laughs> Hit us up. Uh, on the other side of this break, we'll play some Brad Underwood before then getting to Aaron Lemming from the Bear Report, 405, and then also Stephen Brooks from Spartan Magazine at 430. Stick with us. This is The Drive. 
First Federal Savings Bank of Champaign-Urbana invested in our community since 1908. Before you buy your home in 2024, we invite you to speak with one of our experienced lenders, Jack, Jim, Kim, or Lane. Experience the convenience of working with a local lender with local service, decisions, and loan underwriting in our comfortable offices. Visit us to experience the exceptional friendly service from our knowledgeable staff. Hey, if you're not already banking with us, give us a try. We think you'll love it here. We do. 356bank.com, First Federal. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS. Don't miss your chance to cheer on Fighting Illini basketball this season. Deafening in here. 15,000, another shutout. We need all of Illini Nation to help us defend State Farm Center. And Illinois overcomes their largest deficit of the season. Great seat locations are still available for you to see Illinois basketball live this season. The Illini win it. Get your tickets today at FightingIllini.com. In an ever-changing real estate market, it is so important to work with experienced agents like Russ and Nick Taylor with the Taylor teams at Taylor Realty Associates. They have the knowledge and expertise to get your home sold for the most amount of money in the shortest amount of time. Trust the experience and success of Russ and Nick Taylor with the Taylor team at Taylor Realty Associates. Give them a call today at 217-355-0700 or visit them online at taylorboys.com. That's taylorboys.com. I've got to clean out this garage. Let's see. What's the cheapest and easiest dumpster service in our area? Here's what I found. The doggy bag. Hmm. think she's broken. I'm not looking for takeout. Siri, try again. The doggy bag from Bulldog Disposal in Muhammad. Doggy bag? What's that? If you got junk that needs to go, but you don't want the hassle of having an enormous dumpster delivered, grab a doggy bag, keep it as long as you need. They'll come take it away. For more information, just visit BulldoggyBag.com. That's BulldoggyBag.com. season here we go as you file your tax return make sure you be aware of identity thieves you've heard me say this before tax identity theft awareness week and Busey is there to help you do things monitor your mail if your employee mailed your 42 or your w-2 or other documents with financial information make sure it gets to you just tell your employee you'll pick it up secure your tax return by mailing it at a post office or official mailbox instead of your home Remember, the best way to protect yourself from fraud is to be proactive. Busey wants you to be informed of any security issues, scams, or alerts that may compromise your personal or financial information. Visit the Information Security Center on Busey.com or call 1-800-67-BUSEY today. Busey, member FDIC. Member, member, member. Mm-hmm. Berries. Those are the best. Every once in a while, when I just want to laugh, I just flip. I just YouTube the member berries. Is that what it's from? Yeah. Is that uh, what's the show? Uh, 
they killed Kenny or whatever is Oh, South Park? I think it's South Park. Is thing. that right? Yeah. I remember. Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's controversial too. I, well, South Park known known to be that. Yep. <laughs> I just know that you and, and Jeremy at Carpet said that for a long time. Oh, my gosh. We went on like a year escapade of member berries. I, I don't know why, but they're really funny. I, I like it. So anybody out there that wants to check it out, YouTube member berries. Member. I'm member. All right. Let's uh, get to some Brad Underwood if you want to hear what he had to say going into this game coming up tomorrow night, 8 p.m., another late tip. I haven't seen what TV it is. Is it BTN, FS1? I'll have to effort that. For Illinois? For Illinois. It is FS1, FS, I'm almost positive. FS1 tomorrow night, yep. Uh, Michigan State coming off a loss in Evanston. Illinois coming off their loss in West Lafayette. Uh, Brad does speak to a couple of injury updates as far as Nico Moretti. Also, Imani Hansberry was not used in the Purdue game. I don't know how much he would have played in that one regardless, but it did say that the freshman had back spasms, so he, he updates those. And then uh, I asked him about depth. Are you okay with playing the starters this much minutes here through the, the course of the Big Ten? Uh, do you need more off the bench and whatnot? So a number of different things to hit on with Brad. He, he started off with his thoughts after reviewing the Purdue film and then went into Michigan State. Uh, the best, I would I would say, I'm biased to ask the yeah. question, but uh, how you approach a Michigan State team that might have a little extra juice after their loss, especially when their head coach, who's known to to uh, be able to get on some players and, and inspire a response, is maybe even breaking out the football pads this week. So here's Brad Underwood speaking about that big game coming up tomorrow night at the State Farm Center. Michigan State, I think that um, um, the, the, the Purdue game was uh, um, some good, some bad. Uh, some ugly, some some not so ugly. Uh, I think it was um, a credit to our guys, the fight, the um, uh, the level of play uh, in an extremely tough environment. Um, after getting down twenty to four um, against the number one team in the country, and just uh, just kind of possession by possession. Getting finding a way to get back in it, not once but t- multiple times, and uh, um, I didn't think we were um, uh, ultra competitive on the glass. Um, biggest downside of that game was that, um, and something we have not been very often. And um, we have to get back to rebounding the basketball um, at the level we know we're capable of. I think we're sixth offensively, and I don't know somewhere. In the 40s defensively, but uh, we we have to do a much better job. Part of that was our, our coverages on Zach <clears throat> put us in some rotations, but um, um, we have to get much more from uh, from Marcus, from Luke, uh, from Justin, uh, even Coleman on the offensive glass. Uh, we have to get much better efforts uh, from those guys uh, rebounding the basketball, but. Um, um, it's a team rebound concept, and, and uh, Purdue again was were, were the aggressors in that game, and and it showed. But um, a lot of positives. I thought we um, obviously, you know, Marcus got going offensively. We got him in some situations uh, where he was very difficult to guard. Uh, you know, we we found some lineups that worked, uh, put them in a lot of distress with with uh, the decision to either play. 
big or, or small for them. Um, and, and Coleman was a big part of that. But uh, you know, we had the second highest OER until last night that anybody had had against them. And um, uh, again, doing that on the road, I think shows the connectivity, the toughness, the grit that this team has. And, and now it's Michigan State uh, coming off a loss. They've won five of six. Um, you know, it's it's <clears throat> uh, it's a guard-oriented team. Uh, they return uh, a tremendous amount of experience and firepower and athleticism at the guard spot. Um, you know, Walker's obviously one of the elite guards in not just the Big Ten but in the country. Um, and uh, <clears throat> and then they've got a plethora of bigs. Um, you know, one thing with with Michigan State, you know, they're going to be elite in transition. Uh, you know, they're going to compete on the glass and and they're going to guard you. So, um, you know, it's it's uh, uh, it's a great opportunity uh, to play against a very good basketball team. Uh, they're battle tested. They've um, they played some folks uh, as Tom's teams always do, and you expect a uh, a rock fight when you face them. So, uh, we'll have to. Uh, uh, be ready to go tomorrow night at 8. Marcus giving you the production he's given you so consistently over the past two weeks. How does that allow you to kind of build your offense or the rest of your offense? Yeah, Marcus elevates. It's not just Marcus's points. Um, Marcus is, you know, I mean, he's had double-digit assist games. He's, um, it, it, it's, it's, Putting him in positions to at uh, his size and skill set, uh, he's starting to shoot three much better. Uh, we all know he's uh, he's got a long history of being a very good three point shooter. He got off to kind of a tough start, but you know I think he's feeling a little more comfortable uh, in his role, and that's evidenced by his his productivity. He's, you know he's shooting at a pretty high clip. Um, his conditioning, I think he's one of the best conditioned athletes I've coached, um, and uh, you know we're asking a lot of him. Uh, but uh, you know he's very capable, and, and uh, he's been he's been he's been spectacular. As a follow-up, he seems to be one of the most <clears throat> unique players in the conference, if not the nation, in how he plays. It was it something you kind of were seeking, or was hey we found a guy and we're going to fit him in because of you liked what he has. Both a uh, combination of all that. One, we obviously went zero and three against Penn State, facing something very similar to that last year. Um, we knew we had that with Ty, and now we 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 felt like we could utilize that again with 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 Marcus in the process. And uh, uh, there's a lot of ways to get closer to the basket to score. Um, and um, it, it's you know the way the the, the rules of the game are uh, makes it very hard to defend when you can't arm bar when somebody turns their back when you can't touch them when they're facing you. Um, he's a 90% free throw shooter. That's a that's a pretty good asset. And uh, um, you know and then he can he can play in ball screens as well. So um, we knew what we were getting. He's exceeded the the success rate maybe that that even I thought he would have. Quincy took a pretty nasty fall on his wrist at Purdue. He said he was hurting him. Do you, is there an update? Like, do you think that'll limit him in any capacity moving forward? No, he's good. He's good. He shot the cover off of it Sunday in practice, so he's he's fine. Hey, Brad, you played with kind of a shorter rotation here recently. I know some of that is Nico's injury, obviously Sincere and, and Terrence and whatnot. But uh, do you need more from the bench? Do you feel like do you feel okay with giving them loads of minutes to the starters that you are? Or do you need want more off the bench in terms of production and also minutes? 
Well, you know, I think there's, you always want um, your best players on the court who are playing the best as much as possible. I mean, that's, that, that's how you win at the high major level. You don't, you don't win putting, putting um, bad players out there. I don't want to say bad players, but putting bad combinations or, or, or guys that aren't your best. And, and um, you know, I think that, um, you know, obviously the other night Ty was sick. Um, had a fever. Um, he's he's been battling through that. He'll, he was back in practice yesterday. <clears throat> that hurt us. Uh, we miss his rebounding. We miss his 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 vulnerability. So it was you know kind of one man down um, uh, with that. But the one thing I do feel great about, like Coleman can go all day. Uh, Coleman never gets tired. He's he's he's. A, Trent Frazier-like in that area. He's, he's unique in terms of his ability to, um, from a conditioning standpoint. Uh, Marcus has proven throughout his career he's a 35-minute-a-game guy, and he's he's pretty comfortable in that. So, um, you know, was it going to be a 40-minute game, a night deal for him? Probably not most nights. Uh, but uh, getting down 16 to four or 20 to four didn't give me many uh, many options either, or make me feel very comfortable. So uh, just kind of the kind of the way it went. But uh, I love our bench, and I, I think Draven gave us great minutes. Uh, I think we'll continue to see uh, some minutes for him in, in, in those spots, and and um, you know we've we've obviously got to got to find the right opportunities to get Dane on the court because he impacts the game. Brad, a lot of coaches say you learn more about your team in losses than wins. Uh, in this loss to Purdue, what did you learn about uh, this group this year? Well, I've said it all the time. I, you know, it, and it's it's getting pretty redundant. I mean, we're a really connected team that likes each other, and and that was very evident. You know, it's very easy to have teams that just fold and quit when you're down twenty to four and say, ah, tonight's not our night. That's that's not our DNA. That's not who we are. And. Um, you know, to, to come back not once but but twice. Um, you know, Purdue did what a number one team should do. You know, they make a run and they're at home and they've got their fans going nuts and they they thrived on that emotion. It's what makes league play so special. Um, but you know, we 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 kept fighting and uh, uh, you know that's that's pretty uh, uh, pretty powerful for me as a coach to to. To, to believe in those guys like that and know, know that that's our makeup. You mentioned after the Purdue game just that you got out of rhythm offensively. How do you maybe approach that as coach in terms of maybe letting them try and play through it as opposed to maybe making a change and trying something different? Well, I let them play through it. I didn't call timeouts, and I kind of just, you know, too early. Um, you know, I thought that, um, you know, we had a pretty good idea that, you know, Zach might be on tie. Um, you know, to start that game, and and Zach is so unique. I mean, there's there's nobody seven five and 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 like that. But uh, and ties, you know, when Kansas did it with Hunter in the exhibition, he destroyed it. You know, and and we've seen it before. So Zach's unique. But uh, I, I think the one thing that uh, uh, you find your balance. You know your team. Sometimes you got to call them a lot quicker. Um, I mean, I've had games in my past where I burned all my time timeouts in the first half. 
to try to get it changed or try to figure out the lineups. And, uh, you know, we found some lineups, especially in, in the second half, that we felt really, really good with. And Luke was shooting the cover off of it. And, and uh, you know, we know Justin's been on a, on a, on a pretty good run. So uh, it was just a lineup we felt great with. But uh, you kind of mix and match. And, and sometimes it's a momentum thing. Sometimes it's a lineup thing. Sometimes it's an, it's an execution thing. And, um, you know, we kind of went to our – kind of five out package to change momentum and got away from the booty ball stuff a little bit and 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 that really got us back into it as well Red Big Ten teams are overwhelmingly, I mean, it's like 21-6 and six at home this year, so it probably goes without saying, but what's the importance for you guys this week of kind of holding court with these two big home games? I don't put any value on a home or road game. It's the opponent, and I, it, it's <clears throat> what makes this league great. Um, it is it is the true challenge of, of the, the greatness of this league is finding a, a, a gold bar, as I call it, and a gold bar is one that you can you can go steal from an opponent's place with a victory, and you just put that in the bank. And those things are really really hard to get. And uh, we have one, um, and. Uh, you know at Rutgers and and um, you've got to you've got to protect your home you've got to fight you've got to because everybody's trying to get them and and when you've got great coaches and you've got great players and uh, you've got the longevity of a 20 game season everything's everything's about the game in that moment this is probably just recency on my part but just to have a team where you can maybe shift gears offensively like you have been able to do i mean have you had teams like that where you could just undo like do something entirely different and it still be maybe a, a really good option yeah oklahoma state that that team was that team was um you know i think my team at my teams at sfa were the were the fewest ball screens of any team in the country we just had guards that couldn't play in them, so it kind of limited how we played. We could do a little, we could do a lot of different things at Oklahoma State because we had versatile, skilled uh, players. This team, um, you know, for you know the first couple of years, we couldn't do anything offensively. You know, it just is, it was a challenge. Uh, but the, you know, we do have some versatility. I think we're six today in offense. We can, we can, you know, we have veteran guys who can pick things up if we make subtle changes. Um, and uh, um, that's a tribute to our players, and uh, you know a lot of that's stemming from uh, from from Coleman. You know, a pick and pop five who can shoot it and space the floor, and teams have to adjust, and then having multiple guards who can post it, and uh, you know, spacing them with shooters. So, um, you know, if we don't like that, we'll, we we've spent all summer working on some 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 five out motion stuff, and and we went to it in the Purdue game, and it was good for us. Brad, I know Draven got in a little foul trouble, but it seemed like he sparked you for a little bit early defensively. Is that something you think he's love capable it. of doing? Yeah, I love it. I love it. Draven's an elite athlete, and uh, he competes like crazy. And he's typical of a freshman that he's got to quit using his hands. Um, but, uh, you know, he gets over ball screens. Um, he is he is a uh, – uh, he can be a, an elite defender elite and uh, uh, he's he's buying into that a lot more now and knows that that can be his his key to more minutes and uh, he did impact the game there's no doubt and and as we move forward that's going to be a uh, a huge piece for us
Now you mentioned Amani had some back spasms before Purdue. Is, is that cleared up? Do you expect him to be available this week? Don't know till probably game time today or in, or today. It's been day to day, getting those getting those things handled. So uh, after Michigan State's loss at Northwestern, Tom Izzo kind of talked about analytics, and he said feels like they're phony. Um, now you use them. Uh, where do you kind of stand maybe on maybe the balance of that and the intrinsic things I think that, that Tom was talking about? Well, I think there's, there's, there's value in them, but I th- also think that you, you, he and I think alike in one, in one area. I think you realize what it takes to win. And, and 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 winning is competing, winning is 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 fighting. It's usually the team that plays the hardest. Uh, it's the team that that is the most connected. It's the grit. It's the who's going to find a loose possession. Who's going to get an extra rebound? Um, ultimately, that wins. Ultimately, that we can you can have the best. Uh, you guys can all go draw up plays. It would work for us. And and that's fine. That's part of coaching. But if you can't get them connected and playing together and playing hard and fighting and, and, and playing harder than the opponent, more often than not, those nights you're not going to win. And he and I believe in that. And there's no analytics to that. I just choose to use analytics in a way to help teach and coach and motivate. And and that's that's one of the philosophies I've adapted to. But um, a fight and, the, and finding guys who compete – and, and want to win, and I say it all the time, winning's really, really hard. And, and finding that little edge to figure out how to win at this level uh, is, is, is the difference between great and good, and, and, and nobody's done great better than Tom Izzo over his career. On the note of hunger and effort, do you take any stock of what a team did in the last game, like Michigan State getting beat that way at Northwestern? Obviously, you guys are coming off a loss, too, but just that they might come in with an extra bite because of that? Oh, you don't think? I asked my, I asked my team that. What would you think listening to that press conference? Look, look, at, look at the other way. Look at what Chris Collins got his Northwestern team to do. They got beat 30 on the road. And and went in and just and and to be honest, forced Coach Izzo to have those statements about his because they played with a different edge, they played with a different fight and different uh, than they did against us, and and that's what so much of the game is about, and that's what Tom's talking about um, in, in those statements. So. Um, you know, I don't know whether he's gotten the pads out. I, I would fully expect him to. Um, but, um, you know, we better expect that. If, 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 if we don't, we're going to take it. We're, we're going to get bloodied in the battle. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a, uh, you know, kind of first, first, first punch mentality. And um, you, you, you can't get punched. You may get knocked out.